0: This time of year is normally a little rough for me, and in between that and, you know, boating the kids back and forth to school, my free time's been a little tight, so. But anyway, uh, let's soldier on with this, shall we? So what we're going to be covering again is, as I've talked about before, the second part of the Gaia trilogy and that is Illusion of Gaia. Uh, Illusion of Gaia was initially released in Japan on November 27th 1993 and it came to North America September 1st 1994 and Europe as Illusion of Time April 27th 1995 a whole year and a half later which yeah pretty substantial. The composer is Yasuhiro kapasaki who doesn't have a huge catalog of work and really kind of seems to have dropped off the face of the earth as far as kind of composition credits go with the 2012 Vita game Dokuro, which, yeah, you'd be, um, yeah. I barely remember that, and I was a pretty big Vita, I guess, Stan, is what the kids call it these days? Anyway, uh, yeah, that was the most recent thing I could find of his works. Um, he worked on some smaller things here and there over those years, but... I think this was the most popular of his works, and also the most well-known. Uh, most of the other stuff, I don't think I've ever heard or heard of, for the most part. There's a couple games here and there, in there's credits on Nobi Games that I was like, oh yeah, I know that game, but I don't think I've ever seen footage of it, or never mind hearing the soundtrack for it, so yeah. But anyway... Uh... <clears throat> So, uh, before we go ahead and move on to the first track here, which is going to be called Illusion of Gaia, um, uh, some of these tracks are going to be a little bit longer, so this might be a little bit longer of an episode uh, than I guess my previous solo ones, which I thought were going to be a little shorter. So, I guess we'll see how this goes. Um, I was looking at a lot of the track lengths, and some of them were like 4 minutes, 5 minutes, so... Uh, yeah just kind of bear with it and you know if you need to take a break i completely understand that because this might end up being a little bit longer but you know i guess if you guys survive the gauntlet of the legend of heroes trails of cold steel 3 uh, this shouldn't be much of an issue so anyway so without further ado and babbling on on my end let's go ahead and listen to illusion of gaia That's what I would consider a good strong opening. Once it goes through the main cycle, the more triumphant section, it kind of mellows out into a section that leads into the attract mode. I love the first part as it plays out on the title screen though. It's really swinging for the fences with the orchestra and gives me a little bit of a Star Wars vibe while it plays out. The more ominous part that plays during the attract mode does a great job of mellowing things out a little bit, and it's got a more subdued sound, kind of floating to the background nicely while you read a little bit about the game before actually getting into it. It builds back up really nicely, flows nearly flawlessly right back into the title screen section. This is something that's going to be a common theme in this soundtrack. There's a lot of smart looping with the transitions never getting to that whiplash stage when it comes back around. Sometimes it had took me a couple of listens before I caught that the track had looped, so you can either take that as good compositional work or that I'm just an idiot. Both is probably a little more accurate, but anyway. So let's go ahead and let's move on to the next track, and that is Lively City.
1: Oh, This
0: is probably the piece I remember most about the game. It's very peaceful, with some nice catchy percussion going on. The flute being the main instrument is quite fitting, since that's the main character's, uh, whose name is Will. Yeah, real epic name there. Uh, that's his weapon of choice. You know, he's just a kid, so let's cut him a little slack there. Um... It feels like it loops really early and you've heard everything it has to offer within a few seconds, but if you hang with it, it does a little breakdown a minute and 10 in and gives the flute a few seconds of a break. It's almost like this was composed with a live performance in mind, giving the flute player a second to catch their breath before coming back in. There's a fair amount to check out in the town that Will lives in despite it being rather small, and having something that doesn't loop within 10 seconds really helped keep me poking around and checking it out. I wouldn't say this sort of thing is too unusual, as I have more than a few town themes come to mind when I think of them. There's Kakariko Village from Zelda, Kids Run Through It from Final Fantasy VI, and The Color of the Summer Sky from Secret of Mana are ones that immediately come to mind, but this is definitely up there with one of my favorites. The track is peaceful, but still manages to vie for your attention to it. So anyway, let's go ahead and let's move on to the next track, and that is going to be Beautiful World. So that's probably on the lower end of stuff I like on the soundtrack. I do like the whistle as the lead here, but beyond that, I'm not a big fan of it. The track and hold, not the whistle. I actually kind of like the whistle. As if you listen to the first episode, I mean, I'm a definite fan of that whistle from Wild Arms and sort of that them using the whistle throughout that soundtrack. But anyway, we're not talking about Wild Arms today, are we? Um, <laughs> the sounds are just a bit too harsh in some spots for this track, as mellow as it is, which is kind of an odd thing to say. The notes for some parts just seem to cut out instead of letting them float out. This one's a little bit of an odd duck in the soundtrack that thematically fits in, but just seems a bit off compared to the rest of the compositions in the game. Like I said, I don't mind it, but it's certainly one that, I, if I'm remembering right, this kind of takes place on the map screen and you only hear it for a few seconds, so I guess I don't really mind that you don't hear this very uh, often or in any real length. So yeah, it might just be for the better. But anyway... Uh, Again, and if this is the low point, I think we're in good uh, I think we're in good shape here. So, anyway, let's go ahead and let's move on to the next track and that is Descent into Darkness. <laughs> If I'm remembering correctly, this plays out in the first dungeon and it kind of really sets you up for the rest of the dungeon themes in the game. They're all bombastic and this one really lets you know you're in the shit. There's some more quiet moments of it that gives you a little bit of a respite before smacking you in the face with the big strings and horn sections. Meanwhile, you've got some serious thump and bass drum keeping the rhythm. Something else that is going to be a big, big piece of the soundtrack is that thump and bass drum. Um, again... This isn't like Matoi Sakuraba level of bombast, but we're right on the cusp of it, so I think we're going to be listening to all of the dungeon themes in this soundtrack, just because I like them a lot, and they all sort of hit a little bit harder than, let's say, like Zelda dungeon themes, which are normally a little bit more subdued, kind of quiet, make you think. The Illusion of Gaia ones are a little bit more in your face, and that's probably because the dungeons, I think, are a little bit more that. I was watching a couple of videos of Illusion of Gaia, and seeing the... Some of the enemies you had to fight, I'm kind of remembering just how difficult in some parts they were just because eh, it was some really, I don't want to say the combat in Illusion of Gaia isn't great. It's okay. It's completely serviceable. But it's definitely a little bit tricky when you're trying to, you know, aim with a flute, you know, hit some big monster with a flute uh, until you can switch to Freedon, the Dark Knight. It does get to be a little rough uh, fighting some of these enemies just because the lack of range that Will has comparatively to Freedon, so... Anyway, let's go ahead and let's move on to the next track and that is Space Beyond Time. So Space Beyond Time is a little trippy, and this is where Will goes to save the game, change forms, and talk to the spirit of the Earth. Uh, So yeah, it's definitely different sounding than the rest of the soundtrack, but it's got that whistling being used here, linking it to the rest of the soundtrack, so it doesn't feel wildly out of place. Again, I feel like it's a bit of a strange track in this soundtrack, but so is changing from A Young Boy to Frieden, again, A Beefy Knight with a Broadsword never mind talking to the spirit of the earth who looks like a medusa head statue so whatever i guess trippy and a little wildly out of place just fits uh space beyond time fairly well thematically so anyway let's go ahead and let's move on to the next track and that is blessing of nature That's a nice peaceful track with the flute being the lead instrument throughout most of it. The flute sound on this one is really great. I'm a pretty big fan of it just because it sounds just a hair breathy, making it sound real. The track is fairly simple with the odd choice of a bird sound effect being mixed in every few seconds. But I guess if you're looking for the video game music equivalent of music to fall asleep to, uh, this would be on there not really anything else to say about it but i do like this one a fair amount just especially that flute just that weird breathy sound it has to it that you normally don't get in sampled instrument sounds like the super nintendo uses so again not much else to say about it i like it it does kind of make my eyelids a little heavy when I hear it though so let's go ahead and let's move on to another one that might make your eyelids a little heavy and again not just out of boredom it's just kind of relaxing and a little mysterious at times anyway the next one we're going to be listening to is ominous whispers So I'm not really sure what the sustained, sometimes warbling sound in the background of this one is supposed to be. It almost sounds like an organ, but I'm not really sure, so I'm not going to place any bets on that. Anyway, the reason I like this one is, again, the flute throughout it. But at about a minute and 18 in, it gets way more intense with some guitar plunking away and some really heavy bass. It keeps what I feel would be an otherwise unremarkable track and gives you a little something to hang your head on to remember it. Again, I think this is one you could kind of easily kind of nod off to, but that little section there where it gets a little bit more intense at a minute and 18 in is like sort of that nodding off, doze, doze, doze. Hey, wake up! What what happened? No, I was totally awake. I was totally awake. Or, you know, you nod off and you smack your head on the wall or something like that as you're standing. But just me. I've only done that. Okay. Awkward. Anyway, let's go ahead and let's move on to the next track. And that is Awakening the Wind. (laughs) So that's another dungeon track, and well, I guess you can kind of see what I mean about the bombast. It just kind of smacks you in the face right from the first note, but it does pull back after 34 seconds, giving you some time to appreciate the bass drum. Again, something that's going to be a rather running theme of this is that bass drum. The flute gets a chance to mix in as well as it builds back up into the more intense sections. It kind of flows from tense to intense really well with fairly smooth transitions and like i mentioned earlier it loops really smoothly without it being too obvious that it's done so and obviously not much else to say about that track so why don't we just go ahead and move on to the next one? Oh, good my heater just turned off as i'm finishing this segment isn't that tidy so Um, Real quick, I'll I'll mention it at the end of the show too, but if the sound of the heater in the background happens to annoy you, please let me know, and I will kind of record around it, otherwise I'm trying to just kind of let it go so it doesn't get too cold in the house, because right now we are sitting at 36 degrees outside, and it's only getting colder because it's also raining and sleeting, so yeah, I'd kind of like to keep the heat going if possible, but if not, and it's uh, completely obnoxious, please write it and let me know. I'd be more than happy to kind of work around it if I need to. So anyway, let's go ahead and let's move on to the next track, and that is Guardians. I think someone who's got zero familiarity with Illusion of Gaia could figure out that this is the boss fight theme. The intensity level is just ratcheted way up, with some strong strings and percussion working together really well throughout. Even in its more subdued moments, it's still quite intense, and that bass drum is just being put through its paces here. It does a nice job of being up front throughout most of it, but then kind of floats to the background a bit, just to blend in with the mix so it's not hammering away at full blast throughout the whole track again boss fight theme you kind of need something intense and I would say Kawasaki delivered pretty hardcore on this one so anyway let's go ahead and let's move on to the next track and that is Deep Sadness If you need a little bit of a breather and complete tonal shift after Guardians, well, Deep Sadness will probably do the trick for you. It's a bummer to listen to, and I kind of like it for that. I'm a sucker for sad songs in general. You know, Celeste's theme from Final Fantasy VI being my favorite track from that game should give you an indication that I just don't occasionally like sad stuff, and then I'm sort of, uh aficionado of sad music and video games if you will anyway it's <laughs> stupid it's just so damn somber sounding but still manages to have a slight hook to it i wish you knew why i like sad music so much though but there's something about it that just kind of really gets to me i guess i'm just a sad boy deep deep down anyway why don't we go ahead and let's move on to another track that in one aspect makes me feel like a sad boy and that is drifting endlessly i'll explain that after we listen to it and it, you'll see what i mean Bye. <laughs> Alright, what I meant was about this track making me feel like a sad boy is I've got some really conflicting emotions about it. The track itself is nice, being kind of quiet and contemplative. I like the instrument choices here, and the whole thing straddles the line on being too contemplative and sad at times, but my issue with that is that it brings back memories of playing it during the game. Your drift at sea on something that might qualify more as like tied-together driftwood than a raft. It's a sequence that doesn't so much border as it does a celebration dance in the end zone of being too long. There's a lot of overwrought existential dialogue going on throughout the whole sequence. I remember it taking so long that for some reason I had to restart it. Maybe electricity went out. Maybe I died and forgot to save. I don't know. It's been years since I've played it. And I think that was my initial playthrough. Uh, so that would have been, you know, 20 plus years ago at this point. So I hope you'll forgive me for my brain not remembering that anyway. Um, I ended up not playing it again for a couple of weeks because I dreaded going back and needing to sit through this section again. So yeah, anyway, I like the track, but I have way too much baggage attached to it to really fully enjoy it. So yeah, like I said, it's contemplative and kinda kinda sad at times, but just that just the memories of when this plays is kind of brings back more memories of tedium than me enjoying this track at all so yeah anyway let's go ahead and let's move on to the next one and that is longing for the past So we're coming up on stuff that I don't really remember much of now. I think that damn raft sequence really caused some blackouts for me when, as far as my memories of uh, playing this game goes. Anyway, uh, we've got a nice mix of sad sound of deep sadness kind of blended in here and the slightly odd sound of space beyond time. It's like if there was such a thing as a sci-fi heartbreak song, this would be it. I really wish I had some more context for when this plays in the game, but damn it if I can remember much about it at this point. One of these days i would really like to try to play through it again but currently i'm kind of working through a Wrath for a game club i'm playing pokemon sword and shield and control on the xbox one is also taking up a bit of my free time so i probably won't get to it anytime soon if at all but yeah i would like to get some context for this maybe i should do what a lot of people do just watch people play while I, i i don't know grind levels on pokemon or something like that on the couch well i don't know anyway So let's go ahead and let's just move on to the next track, and that is The Secret of Nazca. There's some really solid percussion and buildup in this one, but I feel like it's a little, you know, I'm not really sure. For the most part, there's not a whole lot going on with this track that I feel is really warranted, really warrants talking about. And it kind of feels uncharacteristically mundane until about a minute and 40 seconds in when it finally feels like it's doing something slightly different. It's not huge, but I feel like it was enough of a change that it warranted keeping in the episode. I don't feel like it's a bad track, it's worth listening to at least once, but it's not one I feel like going back to unless I'm listening to the soundtrack as a whole again. So contextually, it fits in very well. It When you're listening to the soundtrack as a whole thing, kind of absorbing it that way, I, I feel you'd be remiss in skipping over this track, but if you're just kind of going for your favorites, I personally, I wouldn't put this up there with that. This is one of those, it blends in really well as far as listening to the thing as a whole, but again going through individually one by one and picking out favorites that i might put on a playlist or whatever i don't know that this would make the well no i know this wouldn't make the cut so and i'm kind of going around uh in a loop here talking about uh the exact same thing so why don't we go ahead and let's move on to the next track and that is legendary sunken continent <laughs> Alright, this is a bit better. Again, that bass drum sample is getting put to work in this soundtrack. It's got a pretty intense intro that about 30 seconds in, mellows out, then it builds back up and just sort of explodes for a few seconds and then pulls back a bit with the bass drum really standing out there. There's some really intense sound as it sort of builds tension again until about the minute and 40 second mark, builds back up and then hits the loop. This is another great example of kawasaki hiding the loop in the tracks really well i'm really gonna have to start looking into his work outside of this soundtrack because if it's at all similar i think i'm really gonna dig it because that is a thing i really appreciate is when you can hide that loop and in like chiptune stuff i don't expect it quite as much and i'm kind of digging the loops when that happens for stuff that's even like, you know, kind of faux orchestra like this stuff is, I, I appreciate when you don't notice that, oh, hey, it's starting again and I've already heard this part. I think he did a remarkably good job in hiding those loops throughout most of the tracks in this. I would honestly say all of the tracks. I, there isn't more than like one or two where I'm like, oh, that's the obvious loop. There's stuff like the, you know, illusion of Gaia, the main theme of, this, of the game where it's obvious it loops because it builds back up and then the you know the title screen splashes back on after the uh attract mode kind of plays through so it's like oh yeah i okay it's clear that that loop there but throughout most of the game you could just kind of let this sit and it might not catch it for the first minute or two after it looped like oh wait i've heard this section already so anyway oh let's go ahead and let's move on to the next track and that is golden road <laughs> Just going off the sound of this thing you can kind of figure out wheels managed to get over to some part of asia based on the first 30 seconds or so specifically you've arrived at the great wall of china and the instrument changes here are really good if not a little bit obvious it's got a good level of intensity with some solid strings and that bass drum is just going to town on this one the part i think of note is when the strings sort of explode about a minute and 10 seconds in with the second section that just really hammers your ears again Parts of this track are a little obvious, but I really enjoy the hell out of this thing. It's it's definitely like top third of my favorites in this thing, so. Anyway, let's go ahead and let's move on to the next one, and that is Unexplored Temple. So basing this thing off the first 55 seconds, I didn't think I was going to have a whole lot to say about it, but after that point, there was a little change in it that got me right back into it. Kawasaki did a really good job of taking me through a little bit of a journey with its different tones. It starts with a little bit of tension building up, it kicks off to a buildup of empowerment for a few seconds, goes back to the tension building, and then right back to the empowering section for a while longer. Before going to a bit of a breakdown that then leads into feeling like there's some serious danger lurking about. It's a fun little trip that this track takes you through even if the first 55 seconds are a little forgettable and maybe even at times a little bit of a chore. Anyway let's go ahead and let's move on to the next track and that is Great Pyramid. <laughs> This might be my favorite dungeon track. You want to talk about a journey, this one really puts you through the bases. It just smacks you in the face right out of the gate, pulls back for a good while, letting you sort of bask in it for a little bit. Then it starts to build back up and that bass drum just goes all out, leading back into the loop. It's a great track with some seriously good string work and other sounds we haven't heard at all in the soundtrack, including some voice samples going for a bit of a chant sound in the background. Again, I really adore this track and I'm kind of bummed out I might not ever get around to playing this damn game again. Anyway, let's go ahead and let's move on. We're we're on the home stretch here. So, the next track we're going to be listening to is Threat of Dark Gaia. Here we are, the final boss fight. It tempo borders on deranged in some moments, but it pulls back, builds back up to that tempo, pulls back again, and then has another moment of tension building before it just goes to that bass drum taking the lead with strings, providing a nice backing track to it. The bass drum goes to the background a bit more, horns take over, it goes for a very subdued sound for a few seconds, and then just kind of goes back to that crazy tempo that would sound more appropriate in something like Contra than an action RPG. I really just love how scattered but structured this track is. It's kind of controlled chaos in audio form. <sighs> Man, I really do wish I could play this game again because his boss fight music. It's just stuff like that just really makes me want to play the damn game. But you know, eh, time is uh, not, not infinite, unfortunately. So anyway, let's go ahead and let's move on to the next track. And that is Bittersweet Victory. the title should say it all uh from the first bar this track immediately gives off that we won but a white cost? vibe i love some good deep string work and a more subdued bass drum really kind of sets the mood well you can almost see will looking out over some tall ruins or out to the ocean with his hair blowing in the wind thinking about the journey he's just been on a smile on your face with a tear in your eye sort of bullshit. yeah i like this track quite a bit it's not quite the heartbreaker that some of the other stuff we listen to that i've made the victory but at what cost comment about but it's definitely got more of a triumphant sound to it your hard fought victory was worth it but it came at a bit of a price you know it was worth it but there's just a twinge of sadness to it that you'll always have a brief moment of melancholy when you think back on your journey Boy, am might sound as happy as shit right now or what anyway how about we just go ahead and move on from that because yeah i don't really feel like uh, being too melancholy it might just be the weather it's just rainy and not really nice weather right now so anyway let's go ahead and let's move on to the last track we're gonna be covering today and that is rebirth back the main theme for this track and for all the money in the world i would bet kawasaki had more than a little star wars influence on him for this thing it's got such a similar sound it's almost impossible to not make the comparison once that section ends though it goes into a really nice variety of motifs this was a track i was dreading kind of talking about just because of how many different themes there are in it It's a necessary thing as the scenes change in the ending, but it makes it harder to talk about it specifically. There's some really good use of revisiting previous tracks and weaving them into this with different tones and tempos, but I don't want to pin them down individually because I feel like that would really drag out this section more than it needs to. If you've got any thoughts on how I approach talking about longer pieces like this one, please feel free to let me know on Twitter. If you're happy with the way I did it, let me know. If you're not, throw a suggestion out to me. So maybe I have some different approaches to consider because these longer pieces, I don't really feel like need to be broken down bit by bit. Kind of the way I approach, you know, more normal length pieces. Especially, eventually I'm going to get around to the Final Fantasy VI soundtrack and I really, really, really am not going to sit there and try to pin down my feelings on a 22. Uh, Minute song <laughs> because that's just insanity. So, anyway, um yeah, if this approach is working for you, where I just kind of go over it kind of briefly and point out some certain things, eh, we'll do that from now on. Um, like I said, let me know on Twitter either way. So, I think that wraps up this episode. I really like this soundtrack. I barely cut anything out of it, so that's one of the reasons this episode took so long to get out. With that in mind, I'm definitely going to split up Terranigma into two episodes, so we can make things a little bit easier on myself, and I can catch back up with the schedule, because Thanksgiving really kind of screwed me up, something fierce. So, anyway, let's go ahead and let's uh, wrap up the show here with all the plugs and stuff. Please stick around. Please, 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 please. <laughs> anyway, um, you can follow me on Twitter, at Jason Ariola. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, at Roeco Podcast. That is R-O-W-Y-C-O Podcast. And if you have any suggestions for the show, please uh, tweet at me, or tweet at the podcast. I would love love to get somebody else's, uh, maybe, like, what they want to hear played out on this. I don't guarantee I'll get to it because that's, um, you know, maybe it's not a soundtrack I'm into, uh, but, you know, there's always that possibility. If you do want to basically force me to do that, uh, you can actually go to Patreon at patreon.com slash gamesandjunk. And over there, you will find a tier where you can actually force an episode upon me or uh, on one of my other podcasts that I do. Uh, Yeah, so um, as long as it's not like something terrible, I'm always up for negotiations with that. So maybe bring a couple suggestions if you decide to do that. Uh, Also, if you donate $5 a month, you will get the podcast at a higher quality audio rate. You will get all of the podcasts we do at Games and Junk on a catch-all feed. So if that's more your thing rather than subscribing to two to three different podcasts, uh, you can always do that. What other podcasts might I be talking about? Of course, there is Multimedia Failure, a chronological exploration of video game movies that we then rank against each other arbitrarily, and the they that I'm mentioning are Vanessa and John, uh, two of my co-hosts over there, who also donate to our Patreon. So, they like what we're doing over here enough that they're uh, helping keep the lights on by chipping in a few bucks, so I'm not the only one financially supporting the site. So, if you could do that, that would be greatly appreciated. And here comes my heater again, so just kind of bear with me. We'll get through this real quick. And um, yeah, uh, people that have donated enough to warrant a shout-out outside of uh, John and Vanessa are uh, Alex Messenger and Gustav. So appreciate you guys uh, supporting us on Patreon. And again, yeah, I'm, I'm really open for suggestions because I do want to do other stuff that isn't just in my purview. I like to be exposed to stuff maybe I don't really have too much familiarity with. Enigma is going to fall into that category, because I've only played like the first hour of that game, and I'm not too familiar with the soundtrack itself. I just decided, hey, if I'm going to do Soul Blazer, and I'm going to do Illusion of Gaia, it would be real dumb to not throw in Terranigma. So, anyway, that will wrap up the show. So, thanks for the continued support. Uh, again, I apologize for the delay on the episode. I... I am going to do what I can to get Digma up a little bit more timely and get things caught back up so we're caught back up on the show for a while. Uh, yeah, because there's something coming up in February that I would like to sort of have on the schedule I already wrote up for myself. So you might get the next couple episodes a little bit more, let's say, sporadically as I try to get caught back up with the schedule. So anyway, uh, thanks for listening, and we will talk to you guys next time with the
1: first part, because I have to split that up into two, but the first part of Terradigma.
0: Great! I knew that groove was in your heart.